Hello, you beautiful souls. Welcome to Io Within, where I am vulnerable, raw, and I speak from my heart. I am so excited about this episode because once I post this episode, I can finally start posting the other ones, and it's officially launched. Let's go, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's go. So, I really am excited about this podcast because one, I feel like it's the first thing that I am releasing that is long format where I can just show up and speak from my heart and not really think of a visual concept. I can just, I can just post and allow it to live longer than my stories live. And that's one thing is, is this is going to be formatted a lot like my stories. I feel like I show up on my stories and I just allow the divine to use me as an instrument to speak through me. And that is exactly what's going to happen here. So I've felt called to do a podcast since 2020. It's crazy. I found my old notebook from 2020 filled of podcast notes from Jenna Kutcher's podcast, Gold Digger. It's a freaking good podcast if you need a podcast on like influencing and social media and marketing and courses and all of that. So I had a whole notebook of like this is what my podcast is going to be this is what i'm going to talk about this is all the rules and regulations of podcasting but i only have knowledge i do not have any wisdom so i just graduated maybe not even a year ago from grad school i just got done being a sexual assault therapist so i had you know background knowledge i had knowledge in the books but not out in the streets however the universe was like, oh, you want some knowledge? I mean, you want some wisdom? <laughs> Bitch, I got you. <laughs> Pull up a chair. <laughs> so, 2020 was actually also the start of my life going to shit. Just kidding. Of a spiritual awakening of something so beautiful yet so sad and like happening. And I feel like I thought I was done going through some shit, you know? I really worked on all my childhood trauma and I was ready to start this life with this beautiful person and nope, the universe had other plans. I was just preparing, the universe was just preparing me in childhood and teenagehood and like all of the hoods for adulthood because shit turns self. So welcome, this is where we just get vulnerable, I allow, I just speak from my heart honestly And I usually get done meditating and then I feel this calling to speak about a certain subject. But episode one is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to share my story. And I have talked about my story bits and pieces because I really have always felt super, super prompted to share my story. But I've never fully shared my story. And I feel like since I'm able to kind of just show up and literally I'm sitting on my bathroom floor recording this podcast, I can finally have a space where I can share my story and I can amplify my voice and hopefully inspire people, allow people to change their perspectives and maybe even trigger you because triggers are our best friend because that shows us exactly where we need a hill and dive deeper within ourselves so that's kind of how this podcast is gonna go you know if i feel prompted to speak about something i'm going to speak about something it's not necessarily about my life but i'm going to dissect what i'm going through in life and how i'm approaching it and my insights and have other people come and talk about how they've 
stepped into their power i feel like with me traveling all over i am meeting some of the most inspiring people like shit i would love to just even interview my therapist like i am meeting amazing people and i'm so excited to have a place where i can like share this knowledge and these conversations that i've been having with people i don't have any of that shit done but i have two other episodes i'm not that much of a planner ahead don't get me wrong i like to plan ahead but i never do <laughs> so where did iowa within come from where did the name i kind of touch on this before we dive into the the tea so i knew it was time to start this podcast once the name came to me and i went to portugal for the last six months this last summer no this summer wow about we're about to say this last summer but this summer this oh my god this most recent summer i went to portugal for six months and i prior to leaving to portugal i literally signed my divorce papers within an hour of me heading to the airport so i showed up in portugal super just hmm, sad girl vibes but also like i'm fucking pumped like let's get this i'm in a whole new country by myself I grew up in Utah where I am super sheltered. I don't really know about my life, you know. My mom was extremely strict, so I really haven't, like, you know, experienced life. I feel like a lot of people experience life in a different way than I experienced life. And so, so I went to my first festival with this amazing soul, and we were like, we should come up with fake names. And we'll tell fake stories when we talk to people, you know, like some of the the weird, not weird, no one's weird, but the people that you're not fancying, you know, people that don't give you off the energy that you're attracted to. Those type of people were like, let's just, you know, we can make up cool fucking stories and like go with it, you know, like, you know, actor 101. Anyways, so she was like, I am going to go by Africa. And she really resonates with um, Cape Town. She loves Cape Town. So I was like, damn, that's a good fucking name bro that's a good name okay i'm going to do aya my name is aya and once i said that i was like wow that feels different that feels right i feel like i'm an aya and i've never really identified with shelb like it's my name and stuff but i remember even being little and being like i want to change my name but when i say i am aya it feels like I am truly Aya and so then yeah Aya Aya within kind of just naturally birthed it came to life so I wanted to look up what Aya meant and it was crazy because every single time I'd introduce myself to Aya in in um, Portugal most people would ask me if I knew what that meant and I, at first I was like no and so this is what Aya means. In Arabic, Aya is a feminine name meaning wonderful, amazing, miracle, which for me, I can confidently say I am all of those. I am in a space in my life where I'm like, I am all of those. I am wonderful, I am amazing, and damn right, I am a miracle. And I feel like we all are those things. So Aya within is essentially a miracle within. You have many miracles that are within you. And if you tap into the divine and you connect with your highest self, you are ultimately able to step into this power that is liberating. It is better than sex, truly. So yeah, that's Aya within. Powerful as fuck, right? (laughs) 
so once i had that i was like shit let's get it then i needed to wait to get back to the states so i could have my microphone so on some of the podcasts i even have recorded on my phone while i was in portugal i'm i'm still debating if i want to release them but i probably will um so little bit about me hi i'm shelb aka I kind of like someone called me Shelb Aya and I kind of like that so hi it's so nice to finally really meet you in a different way and I am so blessed to have you here thank you thank you for not just showing up for me but thank you for having the willingness to show up for yourself because we need more people to show up for themselves we are entering a time in life with the world how it is if we all showed up for ourselves and really just looked at ourselves in the nakedest form in the nakedest in the most naked rawest i would say raw in the most rawest form we would transform this world in a different way because of the energy that was festering and swarming around and i think we kind of see it happening more people are awakening we're becoming aware of what energy is we're identifying what it feels like when we feel negative and positive energy and we're understanding that maybe there is something within us that can lead us to living a joyful life honestly you can name it a joyful life you can name it to fulfilling your purpose for me i like to look at it as like i have a purpose here there are reasons why i went through the things i went through and these are how i can utilize these tools and these lessons and that's my purpose and i feel like ultimately all of our purpose is to help people in a specific way so you just have to identify what your secret sauce is what is your secret way what is your superpower and it's ultimately being vulnerable enough with yourself to look at your wounds and see how your wounds impacted you and how you can heal them and while healing them gain that awareness of how to help other people heal similar wounds and that is what i feel like my purpose is is i feel like i have a superpower of looking within and communicating it in a very raw and vulnerable way and i've gone through some shit man i was just telling my therapist actually how i sometimes tell myself but other people had it worse you know and people have people definitely have had it worse my life isn't that bad you know and Sometimes I think that's a way for us to make ourselves feel better that it's not as bad as it is, as it is for us, but also to kind of be okay with, you know, silencing ourselves because if someone has it worse then I'm not going to speak about it. And then if you want to get real technical, if someone has it worse, I'm not going to speak about it because they'll speak about it and when they speak about it, then they'll make me feel comfortable to speak about it. Bystander effect. Literally, we have studies on people seeing other people getting hurt and it takes one person to finally make the move. And once that one person makes the move to hurt um help someone else or do something, more people start to help in or start to step in. It's so funny. This is going to be such a podcast of me like fixing and correcting myself and that's just me, honestly, and I'm not going to edit this out because this is me. So, fun fact, if you don't know, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. I really struggled in school. Like really, really struggled in school. And I think there's multiple reasons why I struggled in school. So, my parents had me at a really young age. My mom was 17, my dad was 19. I love them so freaking much. I am so proud of them. I give so like major kudos to my parents for raising me and doing what they did and 
with their history and their trauma and their family dynamics like kudos to them man like they really raised such a beautiful woman and i am so proud of myself to evolve in who i am and i hope they're proud of me honestly so my parents aren't really in my life right now um and it really hurts my feelings like it breaks my heart honestly it's so sad but i think for the time being it's maybe what needs to happen you know and at the end of the day the universe whatever higher power you want to associate god the universe does not make mistakes so right now i think i was just talking to my therapist about it maybe they're not in my life right now so i have space to share my story and i thought that was interesting because maybe that is like this is the first time that i haven't spoken to neither of my parents usually when i'm speaking i'm usually speaking to one or the other but this is the first time where i have no contact and haven't talked to my any of my parents except my stepdad so i'm really close to my stepdad and i love him so much i am so grateful that the universe god mama anyone the higher whoever brought him to me thank you he is amazing and he really has been someone that has consistently shown up for me and my grandma oh i love my grandma man grandmas have superpowers in itself just the name grandma is a superpower so pretty much shout out to all grandmas <laughs> so i have seven half siblings and they're a lot younger than me so in a way i feel like my parents have kind of forgotten about me um the closest one to me is seven years apart and it goes all the way down to 19 years apart so it really is me and then them and my parents are amazing parents to my siblings and that's the thing that i think is really hard is i see how amazing my parents are showing up for my siblings and i'm like damn y'all showing up for them so i see i know i can see that you know how to show up for your kids but you just aren't showing up for me so is something wrong with me like for example um my dad and my stepmom like my family would never come up to college to just to see me like they always had a reason to go up have to come up to me and i lived an hour and a half away so it usually consists consisted of one of my little sisters having a soccer game which i totally understand you know knock two birds out with one stone but to never go up and visit your child in college and the only time you visit her is when she graduates and when you're other child has a soccer game and she lives there for six years that's saying something and i think the hardest thing too is i see how they show up for my little sister that's in college now and they are amazing i'm just like damn it's really hard not to be like is it me like did i do something wrong and it just comes to the end of the, end of the day it's like no i didn't do anything wrong and this is something that's continuously happened throughout my childhood is feeling rejected by my mom and my dad and not feeling like i have a family whatsoever and i think another hard thing is it's like my mom created a lot of distance between my dad and i so my mom was a huge reason why i'm not close to my dad and i think there's some anger in that aspect of she was trying i was the only thing that couldn't abandon her essentially and that meant that she wanted to keep me and love me all to herself and she had a really hard time letting other people in 
and I feel like as a child she used me as a pawn too like if people didn't do certain things she would keep me away and I think that's the really hard thing is it's like I would want to go see my dad when I was younger but anytime my dad would come and pick me up for visitation or my stepmom would come pick me up from visitation my mom would call the cops and dropped her knees and be like no no like don't take her like so it was super conflicting of like I want to go to my dad's but my mom's acting this way like what am this is confusing like I I want both can I not have both and maybe that plays a role in how sometimes I'm always talking to one or the other like like I said this is the first time I've not talking to any of them either I'm talking to my dad or I'm talking to my mom and I think I had a hard time sometimes balancing the two dynamics because it was every other weekend then my dad would randomly stop seeing me here and there and then it became every other month so I feel like when I started to get used to one house and one set of rules it would all of a sudden shift and I think that's also difficult because my dad was super LDS in this Mormon lifestyle vibe and my mom wasn't. And then I think another huge thing that was really hard is my mom was super chill when I was younger and then she got remarried and like flipped a switch right at the time of my core development of making friends. So she was a little rough. I really still today don't feel like I really belong anywhere when it comes to like family and I think because of my mom's behavior there became this tension unconscious tension between my stepmom and I um, I've always felt very alienated by her and I, I really give it to um, step parents like being a step parent and moving into a step like marrying into a family with another child with someone that is really difficult like my mom was really difficult I I don't blame her for feeling some type of way towards me because in a way maybe I impacted her marriage and yeah like she just married this man of her life and then he has a kid and then this kid's mom's like making things really difficult and where you're going to project that energy is most likely on the kid and so I totally understand like that's just humans and I feel like with that it really made me feel even more alienated with my siblings so for example my dad would always take my sisters out on daddy-daughter dates and I never was able to go I never went and just small things like that of just really making me feel like I'm separate my little sisters could have sleepovers, but I couldn't sleep over with them. And I understand there was other things put in play of age difference and things like that. But it really made me feel, feel alienated and like I didn't belong anywhere. And then at my mom's house, it was very chaotic and emotionally abusive. And men were in and out of our life. And then she got married and got really, really strict. So a lot of chaos. So that's a little kind of understanding about my childhood and the main themes that I feel like I've been seeing in my life is surrounding rejection. So then I get into school and my mom and I moved around quite a bit and my teachers knew I was struggling. Like I had an IEP, which is an individual educational plan. I was pulled out of class um, to, into smaller classes so I could get extra help. Um, yeah, I just was... I totally d 
and like disconnected my identity from school at a really young age because I was struggling so much the mo the person that really helped me with schooling though and showed up for me was my great grandma my great grandma was one of my babysitters for a while but that was an only till third grade so once I hit fourth grade my life and school changed drastically and it's crazy because I'm just realizing that this shift was yeah when my great grandma stopped babysitting me and mm, I love my great grandma oh my gosh this just brought so many memories back she is so amazing and I'm so lucky that I was able to know my great grandma for so long she was really like one of my moms when I was younger she played a large role and she taught me how to do my name in cursive oh, I just love this so a little off topic, every headband that I usually wear are hers. So I've always worn these headbands with different styles, like they're scarves. Oh my gosh, now if you ever see my story with like a little scarf that looks like a little bit more vintage, it's usually hers. So back to school, really disconnected, you know, and I was a really sexual kid. I was actually touched when I was little and other things occurred. And so it really bled into my development, I think kids i think i know kids kids are very sexual beings in general but i was exposed to porn at a really young age um i hung out with young, older sibling i mean cousins and like just a lot of things like that and then it goes down to generational trauma when it comes to sex and so i remember that in third grade i got in trouble writing my boyfriend love letters telling him i wanted to have sex that is so crazy and when i was in ayahuasca i had this whole vision of kind of understanding where this behavior of serving others before myself stemmed from and it stemmed from when i would be i would be woken up someone would be touching me and i'd wake up to them touching me and i would get this terrible tummy ache and i completely learned how to shut down my body and serve someone else because if i was if i served someone else the discomfort within me would end sooner because they would stop it and this whole cycle and this really bled into my relationships in life is seeing my mom in pain and completely have breakdowns i would attend to her and neglect my own feelings in my relationships when i found out that my ex was cheating on me i completely like went to him and calmed him down and completely ignored the discomfort within and so i think this was a huge way of trying to not get rejected also and maybe gain the attention that i was craving from other people other masculine energy so in fourth grade that's when i feel like i really started struggling in school in a different way um i still was being pulled out and got extra support while i was in the younger grades like first second third but fourth grade is when the bullying started to happen and that's when i started feeling really rejected by people my own age and it was hard because we moved schools um, my dad wasn't seeing me at this time during this time is the time that i think i realized that i was molested as a child and my dad stopped seeing me during this time and i really associated that he stopped seeing me because of what i just told him but it was more complex of like i think he thought it was too traumatic for me to see him and this was the result of what was happening so it was easier for me on me for him to stop seeing me but in my my perspective i thought 
because I told my dad what was happening to me and that I was being touched, my dad didn't want to see me anymore. Like I was discarded. And that was really hard because I was really confused. And then I think this increased this yearning for boys. And fourth grade, I, yeah, really struggled. I was bullied really bad by these girls. Um, but that's also when I met my very, very best friend. That is my soul sister and like my sister. And she really, I like saved my life honestly she became yeah like my sister we hung out every single day her mom babysat me she was still is my very best friend and I would say that she is a core reason why I maybe have the ability to make friends because if I didn't have her I probably would have really struggled in a different way because once my mom got remarried my mom flipped a switch bro my mom was super chill my mom was partying almost every night out at the bars hanging out with boys like she was living a young adult life bro like she was doing exactly what i would do but obviously she had a kid so it's a little bit different you know but anyways like i don't blame her i would probably be doing the same shit i don't know so I was able to do anything I wanted. My mom got really close to my best friend's mom, which was also my babysitter. So we were always together. And then my mom got married and flipped a switch and got super, super strict. Like to the point where I couldn't really hang out with people. She didn't want to hang, let me hang out with my best friend anymore. So this is when I started to get really sneaky. So let's talk about school. I already disconnected my identity from school and I was pretty much classified as a bad kid because I was pulled out of class and put in smaller classes and usually the kids that are pulled in smaller classes pulled out into smaller classes come from low-income families that usually have things going on that it's now showing up in school so I really wanted to be popular just like every other kid but for me the popular kids were the kids that were Mormon I wasn't really associated with the Mormon church. Um, and also, I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I, I really wanted to and they just weren't, would not accept me. I feel like in small ways, I just, it was like those things where they hang out with you kind of in school, but then they'll all hang out other places, but never invite you. And like I said, my best friend's well, I didn't I don't think I said this so my best friend is a year younger than me so every like year I would try to make friends before she would come the next year and I would really struggle making friends and it got to the point so I remember even in seventh grade I don't know why but there was these girls that I was picking up my books from the ground and they literally trampled over me and then it started to become where I got pretty feisty in school now with my friend entering into school with me she was my only friend and it was to the point that i was like getting in fights just to defend her i don't know exactly why and what this represents but even when i was like in high school and in college i would like be really aggressive towards people it's i maybe for me that's the way i released the energy and anger inside me and when i did ayahuasca i realized how angry i was and how as I've become an adult, I've kind of suppressed that. And so I think some of the anger is just the rejection. Um, so then I ended up hanging out with the bad kids. And they're not even bad, but you know, the outcasts, the kids that your parents are like, you can't really hang out with them. I started hanging out with them because they accepted me. 
And then I started creating a beautiful reputation, a reputation for myself. I started making up rumors about myself with sexual things. And I created a beautiful reputation for myself of the school slut. And I think I just got attention. I wanted to be relevant and I couldn't be relevant in the popular way. So we're going to be relevant in the slutty way. And it's quite sad because thinking about it, it really impacted the way I view myself. Um, And I think it's something that I continuously work on now of not that aspect, but just this lack of identity and truly being rejected from any time you want to kind of succeed i was always shoved down in a weird way and so yeah once ninth grade hit i was about to enter high school so that was going to be the next year that i didn't have my best friend so i ended up transferring schools and when i transferred schools i'm not even joking you the third day a girl comes up to me and was like i heard you want to fight me do you mind? She's probably a hundred pounds heavier than me. And I literally laughed and I was like, are you kidding me? Look at you. You think I want to fight you? And I came to this school. I transferred junior highs so I could make friends and start fresh and really, yeah, make friends. And I was completely humiliated on the third day of ninth grade of junior high. And I remember she was like, you're such a slut. And I was like, yeah. And I worked hard to get there. So at that point, I had accepted the reputation I was given. And I was like, you know what? Frick it. I, there was even points where boys wouldn't even date me because of my, my reputation. They were embarrassed to date me. And it's so crazy being from Utah. I wasn't doing anything. Like my goal for myself was I wanted to be 18 years old and in love before I had sex because I didn't want to be like my mom and be a teen mom and then have a relationship like her and my dad did. So I wanted to be in love in 18 and I waited. So I really wasn't doing bad things, but I was definitely portraying myself in that way because of the attention I got I thought it was the only way that I could have friends or have boyfriends is if they thought I was doing these things so then we get into high school and high school was yet again feeling rejected I tried out for student council didn't get it um I just really wanted to be a part of these groups and I just felt so rejected and I wasn't really able to hang out with people because my mom was super strict and then everything was just going on in my own personal life. My mom got pregnant at 16 with my brother and then at 18. So a lot of shifts were happening at home too. And then I wasn't really seeing my dad that much like I was. Like there was one point that I tried to move in with my dad and my mom got so depressed that I felt so guilty that I lit like I moved in with him and so I moved back and it was just really toxic between her and so once I got to college it was life-changing I'm not even joking you it I knew exactly that I didn't want to build a really reputation like that for myself but once I got into what is it freshman year i realized how far behind i was in school and it was bad like i would i don't know my i still don't know my time staples my division like little things like what are nouns and verbs and like i didn't get any of that info like i lost the memo didn't receive the memo it didn't come so very basic things and i almost got kicked out of my um i wanted to 
go into social work and I had a 2.66 GPA and I needed a three and so I was actually dating this boy long distance and he's a year older than me and he introduced me to Adderall and we took it as a partying drug but he told me that you can take it to study and so I started studying with it and it changed my life. Then I actually went and got diagnosed for Adderall and I was subscribed, subscribed, prescribed Adderall and I became so obsessive about studying. I, this was the first time in my life that I was actually succeeding at something and I was just literally when I tell you that's all I did in college is study because I did not want to fail and I knew how behind I was so I was became like the top of my class and got started getting all these rewards and certifications and like it was amazing you guys this is the first time in my whole entire life I actually felt like I was good at something but I still was getting rejected in small ways so for example I really wanted to be part of the student council group of kids, you know, I don't know if they have that for all the schools, but they were the cool kids. They were the kids that were succeeding, you know. I wanted to be a leader. And I kept trying out for, it's called the A-team, and you pretty much just help freshman students get oriented to school. And I wanted to do that because I felt like I had a, a different perspective. I was someone that really struggled in high school and had a learning disability, and I could show them different resources. And so I was like, I would love to do this. And they're like, yeah okay, um, you almost made it. I made it to the last round of hiring and they told me that my resume wasn't good enough. So then that next summer, I did a type of job that would include into that resume. And do you mind all of these jobs kind of really help with the degree I'm going into, like to become a therapist. And so I yet again made it to the very last stage of um, hiring and I didn't make it and I was just like why can't I make these things like I want to be a part of this community and I can't and like this is so shit and so I really just dived into my school and really fell in love with it and found out all the whys why my family was the way I was why I was feeling the way I was how to help myself how to learn about social development and psychology and like my education saved my life and it gave me a different purpose it made me understand why i was going through the things i was going through and what to do to heal those aspects of myself so through so now for the next six years getting my bachelor's and my master's i am diving into my schooling like a maniac and this is also when I met my ex. So I met my ex my sophomore year. And I feel like I want to make a separate episode of this because it's something that is crazy predominantly associated with my spiritual awakening. And it's something that I want to give it space and have you have fresh ears. Um, this is already going quite long. So the thing is, is I fell in love with my schooling and it was the first time living alone and I really still didn't have my parents in my life, but I met this dude and wow, did he change my life. Mm. This man changed my life. So if you made it to the end, I would love to 
connect. I feel like this was super vulnerable of me. So send me a DM. Um, I don't know if you can write a review. <laughs> Follow. But most importantly, I would love to chat to you honestly over social media. Send me a DM. Let's chat. And next time we'll dive into my spiritual awakening. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to me and allowing me space to take up space. I feel very seen by you guys and I just love you so much. XOXO. I feel like I should say gossip girl. Let's say XOXO. Aya within. <laughs>